sit back, enjoy, listen to one smart guy and Josh talk about Android apps, hardware, software, and whatever else comes along in this episode of Android App Addicts number 561. Welcome to Android App Addict, episode 561. My name is Door Door Geek, owner-operator of this podcast. And I have no problem saying this podcast is brought to you by Jeffrey W., who is a former Patreon. But once you're a former Patreon, you're always in Podnuts' heart. So I definitely want to thank you, Jeffrey W., uh, former Patreon, started in September 2016, ended around August 2017, which tells me Jeffrey did not actually stop his Patreonage. Jeffrey had a credit card change. Um, Because whenever Patreons or PayPals stop a year after they start, means the credit card company did not like that and they stopped it. So I want to thank you for your support, Jeffrey. And do not forget, uh, you too can partake in this episode, in this um, podcast, in this network, just by going to patreon.com slash Addicts. Uh, I am joined this week by Josh in the great North 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 something. H- how are you doing, Josh? Hey, Dor. I'm I'm doing all right. I've certainly been better, but uh, yeah, I'm good. It's yeah, it's just knucklehead stuff. Um, I spent all day today on a project which I took over, which you well know is a cake PHP of abandoned project and it was yeah anyway i spent all day and accomplished absolutely nothing which isn't the first day on this project that that's happened so i am a a little bit frustrated over the whole situation but i'm extremely happy to be here with you my friend well and that's the whole thing without sounding dumb this um distractions are what make the world go round um we all like in, in like secrecy, we all like getting things done. We all like having work put in front of us and then saying we did something. But it's also equally satisfying to just completely zone in on something else and not worry about the normal hum, humdrum. Oh, I, I totally agree. It's I'm perhaps the world's worst uh, developer. So I got that going for me as well. Oh, no, 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 no. You haven't seen government developers yet. Trust me, they, I've worked with people who for three years accomplished nothing. I'll just say that out loud. Well, Um, I want to put this out there then. Um, This is my, my call out for the week. Uh, Somebody send in some messages about projects they've done in cake PHP or something like that. Try to, I don't think we're going to get a response for that. (laughs) Try to make me feel better about this. Well, I was listening to another pod, uh, podcast called Syntax, which is a web development podcast. And that actually, it made me feel better because they were describing some some newer frameworks, uh, Next.js and Gatsby. And, and uh, they basically said, well, at least we're not working on a, a 40-year-old cake PHP project. So it made me, <laughs> made me realize, okay, maybe it's not just me. Yeah, that would definitely not make me feel good. Um I will say on the uh, like home market, has anything changed in your Android ecosystem here in like the last week? No, not really, unless you count getting a ping pong table part of that. 
Uh, maybe if you use that um, score counter I brought like three weeks ago, then maybe it could. <laughs> yeah, um, that I did not. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, other than that, I mean, unfortunately, Ivor's not here because he could tell us about the the three new phones that he got <laughs> since last week. Last week, exactly. Uh, and I will say he's slowly coming around to Lenovo as a company, which makes me feel better. Um, but I digress. Okay. Here's something I have to put out there early because I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, my mobile phone recently, I don't know when this started. I believe it's been going on for over a week, but I really can't tell. When I had my Bluetooth QCY T1 uh, Bluetooth headbuds on, I used to be able to single tap the button and it would pause the audio. Um, but now it's not pausing the audio. What it's doing is it's muting the audio. And even when it's in Podcast Addict, Google News, or any place else when I'm playing audio and I tap the button once, it doesn't play pause. And I've literally installed 20 plus applications trying to get control over when I tap the button. Nothing seems to work. And I don't know if I'm the only one out there experiencing this issue, but I don't understand what the hell is going on. Oh, I, I'm actually, I'm pretty happy you brought that up. I have the same the same issue. I thought it was just me. When I do when I tap it, it doesn't completely it yeah it mutes it to where it maybe does half the volume and sounds like crap. And then you hit it again and it goes back to the original sound. Uh, and so what I found is if I if I hold it for about a second instead of just kind of tapping the button, if I hold it, then it pauses. But if you hold it too long, then it goes to Google Assistant, and right. so it's sort of a, a sweet spot in there so is that well, the same thing yours is doing is if you hit it once it just the volume decreases and it sounds like it's coming out of a tin can or no when i tap mine the volume completely goes away but then i look at the phone and i can see time still passing and if i don't touch anything when the next episode starts or the next google news thing starts volume comes back so it must that's so strange yeah th that's another another shower anybody else having that problem like that it's odd that we would both have it with, with different uh, Bluetooth devices as well. Well, and completely different operating systems. You are on a definite, what I would consider to be in the very nicest way possible, a beta user operating system. And I'm on an operating system that hasn't seen any system update in dramatic pause, dramatic pause, over 18 months. I have not got a system update. So I don't know how the hell, all of a sudden, my Bluetooth audio is completely acting different. Now I've gotten Google Chrome updates and I've gotten Google uh, Play updates and I've gotten all kinds of updates like that, but not an operating system level update. Um, so I'm not sure. Hashtag not sure is all I know. Yeah, because I'm using these, they're uh, an anchor Bluetooth and I've, I've, had, I've had great luck with them and I've really enjoyed using them. And then it was, I don't know, a few weeks ago. And it just, I mean, it took me a while to figure out to get that, you know, one second pause, kind of the between the the tap and when Google Assistant comes on just to make it, yeah, just to stop the audio. Yeah, I don't know when mine happened, but I, the only reason I noticed was because I would hit pause, not touch anything. Where, excuse me. I thought I hit pause. I wouldn't hit anything. Then all of a sudden, the next episode of something would start up. What the hell? I didn't hit play. Um, I know at least one night. I did that and I woke up the next morning and there was nothing in my podcast player where I know I had hours of content waiting for me. 
So it really did make me quite irate when I figured that out. And it, it might have been going on for weeks. I do think it's a Bluetooth issue. I've downloaded at least 20 applications saying that they're Bluetooth remapper applications. I've downloaded applications that said that, that they that they are QCYT1 button remappers, which is the Bluetooth earbuds I have. Nothing is changing the behavior of the button. What I found is that, yes, I would I would hit it or, and it was the same thing. It would come back and the episode would be over and something else would be playing. And that I attributed to pushing it too long and, you know, having the Google Assistant or whatever come up and not hearing it. And then it eventually just sort of goes away and then the podcast keeps playing. So I'm, I'm sure this is intriguing conversation, but yeah, well, it's odd. It, it's one of those things, this is an example how we as users, as normal users, actually have no power over our own operating system. It's owned and controlled and operated by Google. Um, and I'll say, Mark, in the chat, and if you would like to participate in the chat, we try to go live Thursday nights, 9 p.m. New York time. Uh, Mark in the chat said, have you tried to unpair and repair your earbuds? I will say, it doesn't matter if I repaired you know, unpaired and repaired three seconds ago or three days ago, I get the exact same action and reaction now. Because I did. First thing I did was I went into my Bluetooth and I deleted the entry for both of my earbuds and then I repaired them and then hit pause and it didn't pause. But yes, the default behavior with any computer-related activity is have you tried to turn it off and on again? And sometimes that works. But yeah, that's my hardware drama i'll say for the last like week no i i can appreciate that for sure um and i I don't know if you remember a few episodes ago i had brought a tree tracker app um where we had all tried it out you i've earned myself and it was just broken and so i've been um actually they reached out to me and i'm in one of their slack channels now and so hopefully Hopefully we can get it all sorted out, and because I do think it's a, a pretty interesting project. Gotcha. Um, well, I like when things get fixed. Hopefully it gets fixed because, you know, well, the logic is you said that this wasn't like your best day. Well, here's the good news, Josh. If it was your best way day ever, then there's only one direction to go, and that's down, okay? <laughs> so we got to always remember that it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Um I'm going to put a link in the chat. I I wanted to bring this first and foremost only because I thought it might tickle your fancy is the best way I could put it. Uh, I, I don't remember ever hearing about this, okay? It's called the Cosmo Communicator, which sounds like something from a Nickelodeon show, okay? Uh, Cosmo Communicator can now dual boot Linux and Android smartphone slash handheld PC, Okay. This was apparently a Kickstarter thing that completely went by me. It was first unveiled in late 2018, so just about two plus years ago, and it began um, shipping to backers, I want to say less than four months ago. And what it is, it's basically a phone, if you remember the old phones where you would basically flip it open, and inside the clamshell type design would be a keyboard, and then the other half would be the full screen. When closed, you have a much smaller screen and a, and some um basically physical controls. Um, so it's definitely a impressive device in the fact it was successful in its Kickstarter, in its delivery, in its putting things out there. It's not impressive in its specification. Um, and I will say it's also impressive in the 
community support that it has gotten. So if you have to have a dual boot Android Linux pocketable device with a physical keyboard, there's not many options you can have, but one of them is the Cosmo Communicator. Well, I'm seeing the, the specs. It said it had six gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage. Yes, um, that is not bad, but I will say the MediaTek Helio P70 processor is not a new processor, uh, not at all processor. So um, your, your, your like RAM speed and your disk IO speed doesn't seem to be bad, but the processor doesn't seem to be great, nor does the um, GPU processor on it. So I would not, I would expect when you click things to wait a, at least a split second, if not a couple seconds, which makes for a very um, non-desirable um, um, experience is the way I, that, that I'll put it. I haven't seen oh, 21 has a, a nice it's like it has a pretty decent screen. Um, yeah, and and the uh link in the notes to the Lilputin if you page down a couple times, you'll then finally see the actual device opened and device closed and I will say closed it has a nice looking 2-inch screen with physical controls on it to where you probably could do a fair amount of like uh interacting with your notifications. Uh, but then to actually interact with the OS, you actually open it up. And it's a very old style clamshell design, which to be honest, I could find really useful and functional if I had quiet time to interact like that. Well, it seems like a, it has it has a 4,220 mAh battery, which seems like you'd want something a little bit bigger in, in a device like this. What yeah. Ivor last week said his phone had a, a 5,000 or something, didn't it? And that was for a phone. Yeah, his his had a ridiculously big battery in it, and I will say I agree with the uh, YouTube chat, Rob Collins. Um, it this is basically a more modern version of a PDA, personal digital assistant, something that we think died about 15 years ago. Yeah, I'll just say I found it interesting, is what I'll say. But I'll say equally <sighs> confounded, confused. We have another device premiering. And, it, and quite literally, these guys are now jumping the gun, okay? We have the Microsoft Neo and the Microsoft Duo coming out later this year, much later this year, I believe. It's not until October or November. And LG, LG, the company we basically thought was dead, says that they're coming out with a new V60 ThinQ, F-T-H-I-N-Q, 5G shows what looks like the dual screen with the huge seam in the middle device um i will just in the nicest way i can put it the microsoft surface duo might be better hardware fit and finish than this device but lg has more experience in this arena is what i'll say um i'll be shocked if the microsoft device is dramatically more successful than this device with that stated i don't think this device is going to even be moderately successful because who wants a dual screen device with literally a quarter inch seam between the screens? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. It's all it's it's all right. I mean, I I, I can see your point with the 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 big uh, break in between the screens, but just looking at the the little map there, it's it's quite helpful to have you know that much more. I guess you could just zoom out too. Yeah, I don't know. It might be good for reading books. Yeah, I mean, 
there is a use case for it, but I don't think it's a popular use case for it. Um, I do think that they might have enough developers on board to maybe customize some applications to make it actually functional. But in reality, I think it's just a gimmick. I think it's just, they're just trying to get headlines because I don't see anybody standing up, running out their front door, saying to themselves, self, I need this device. Well, I can almost guarantee it'll be cheaper than the Microsoft Duo. Well, that's not very difficult now, is it? <laughs> it's not. But you know, the LG does stand for less genius, so maybe that's their point. Lucky gold star. Um, okay, here's another one. And this one I brought, I don't remember, and I, I hate to say this. I know this was Fizz Walafala from the YouTube chat brought this, I believe brought this to me in the Discord chat. And this is the kind of thing that really piques my interest, yet I have no time whatsoever to actually dig into this. Okay. We've been promised Google Stadia ubiquitous gaming from any device. We've also been promised NVIDIA ubiquitous gaming from any device. This is slightly different is what I gather. This is called Parsec, P-A-R-S-E-C. Nope, it's not a Star Wars reference. Okay, this is an application. This is an ecosystem. This is a infrastructure that's installable on Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, and Android. Okay. Hypothetically, me, Josh, Ivor, and Fizz want to all play one game, four-player multiplayer. It looks like if one of us has a Windows computer and is willing to host this, the other three can join in on any of the other platforms and we can multiplayer even if Ivor is in New, New Zealand, I'm in America, Josh is in Canduadia, and Fizz is in some miraculously golden place that we don't know of. We could all multiplayer using this application over a wide area network. <clears throat> this to me is interesting is what I'm going to say. Um, and of course, surprise, the link I put in was a bad link. Yeah, it's, it's got a 404. Um, I know. Yes, I saw on there it was, uh, it was the show Double Dragon. So yeah. is this, this, is, this is straight up emulator? Well, I'll put it like this. I don't want to say it doesn't matter what you play. I do believe the Windows computer needs to be able to launch the game. Everybody else needs to run the same game. So I do think like Steam compatible games work better is what I want to say. Um, either way, here's the thing. I am a fan of simplistic gaming. One of the games they show is Cuphead. Cuphead is hard, dude. Let me tell you something right now. Um, <laughs> uh, Cruising USA is another one. Street Fighter, I know I played ridiculously uh in back in the day and obviously oh, if you right if you know somebody who used to live you know five doors down from you and you used to play video games together and now they live three miles 30 miles 300 miles three thousand miles away it's now literally possible using one of these platforms to multiplayer with them so parsec is the one that i would encourage people to look at just because it seems to be more free and open to the number of platforms it can run on is what I'll say. And I want to thank Fizz for bringing this to my attention. I salute you. You're a good man. How do I they make, how do they make don't want money? to assume your gender. Sorry. You're a good person. <laughs> how do they make money? I don't care because here's the thing. If you offer me wide area network play, I'm willing to with people I haven't talked to for decades. I have no problem paying you three, five, maybe even 10 bucks a month. If, 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 it is that damn good. Oh, um, right, but I'm, everything I, I saw was free. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Is no, I'm I'm totally in on this. 
fantastic. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the hell they make money. I'll just say that. Oh, they have a support here. Yeah. Oh, nope. That's nothing I clicked from showed them. me that. Yeah. Nothing I showed, I clicked, showed me them making money. So I don't know. And it's a completely free app in the store. No in-app purchases required. No in-app ads. No nothing. Um, so yeah. Yeah, cool. I like it. That's Let's do it. Okay. Let's pay some uh, double dragon. Okay. I got like one more, I think, news-related thing I just wanted to bring. And I don't want to say I told you so to everybody. But, you know, little Putin. Again, I love little Putin. If you know anybody involved with this website, just let them know that they're not forgotten. And if they offered a way that we could donate to them openly, I, for one, would do so. Because the amount of content they bring me every week is magnifique. Okay. Um, this is an ad. This is an article saying more 16 gig RAM smartphones are on the way as Samsung begins to mass produce new LPDDR5 chips. Long story short, Samsung not only is one of the biggest producer of screens, not only a very big maker of chips, main processors, they're also one of the main manufacturers of RAM in smartphones in the world. And they're starting to now really like, like push production up on the 16 gig chips for smartphones. So expect in the next year, 8, 12, and 16 to be the normal amount of RAM you get in a phone now. I had at least one person tell me how this is ridiculous. This is stupid. This makes no sense. My desktop doesn't have that much RAM. Yes, but your desktop is not running a Java-based operating system that loves RAM. Okay, number one, you're running a desktop operating system that respects your RAM and has things like swap space that it utilizes where Android is a belligerent caretaker of RAM. So I can tell you right now, a 16 gig RAM phone running anything will run anything better than a phone with four gig of RAM. Well, um, I also have in my kitchen, a Samsung fridge, a dishwasher and a stove as well. So I think that my dishwasher has about 512 megs of RAM. Well, hopefully it doesn't need 16 gigs. They don't say this. I'm not buying a phone with 16 gigs. I'm not saying this because I'm asking people to buy a 16 gig phone. I'm saying the elitist journalist propaganda spewing entities out there, let them buy the 16 gig phones. Let the famous basketball players buy the 16 gig RAM phones. Let the celebrities buy the 16 gig RAM phone to bring the prices down. So a year or two from now, when I want a smartphone, I can buy a 16 gig phone and not spend a thousand plus dollars. So I'm happy these things are being produced. I'm happy they're being manufactured. If you, a listener of this show can afford a 16 gig RAM phone, testify. Congratulations. You're doing something right. Cause I can't. Yeah. Very I can't good. even, I can't even afford six, 16 gigs of RAM for a computer. I barely pulled that off, but I did. Um, do you want to start with some apps there? Uh, Josh? Uh, yes, surely. This one found the other day, and it's called Moonshades. And it is a dungeon explorer by Baldrick Soft Games, role-playing. Everyone 10 and up, 4.7 re- average reviews out of 17,562. And 100,000 plus installs, 75 megs, updated 
22nd of February 2020, current version 1.0.236, Android 4.4 and up, and needs uh, to be able to store on your device, blah, blah, not too much as far as that goes. And yes, I, I played, I made it through about four levels so far, and it's just an old school dungeon crawler. And it's quite fun. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a gear junkie when it comes to like I my wife really likes rock climbing and I don't really like rock climbing, but I like all the gear that comes with it because it's like anodized aluminum. So that that's the only reason I like it is the uh is the gear and so something like this, I like upgrading my boots and I'm gonna stop talking now unless you wanna play Dungeons and Dragons. I will say I do like Dungeons and Dragons, and this reminds me of an old Intellivision game. Now, caveat, there was a couple Intellivision games that were advanced Dungeons and Dragons. There was the one where it was uh, you had a very small avatar in the middle of the screen, and you would run around the maze. But there was the other one where you would literally first person walk through a maze, and this is what that, that is like. But I can tell you right now to the listener in audio, I am almost shocked at the graphics that are portrayed in this game because they could have really cheaped out and have really bad texture maps on everything and they didn't they texture maps actually looks good and when you walk around you don't see a lot of like screen tearing screen ripping bad mm. things happening on the screen it looks very clean it um, is yeah it and, is it's 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 smooth every yeah i never came across any sort of glitches right and the other thing is i'll tell people right now okay let's first pause Moonshades, a dungeon crawler role-playing game for Android and iOS is the name of the video on YouTube. And if you take a look at the video, and if you look at uh, 52 seconds, and if you ever watch the movie Galaxy Quest, you'll have flashbacks. Because he's looking down a hall, and he's seeing what looks like mindless contraptions that make no sense, then they're just there to kill you. And that's what this looks exactly like kind of thing. Um, I definitely would like to find some time to at least... Uh, play this game a little bit just because it looks different enough and interesting enough. Good find. Yeah, it's, it's quite it's quite fun. Um, I'll hopefully get back to it as well because uh, you know I got some potions to mix up. Gotcha. Okay. Well, what I want to bring um, it's technically an app. I want to say it's called Padlock. P o p a d l o c. Um, and th- and here's the way I'll put it. I know as a nerd. I have to leave LastPass before LastPass leaves me, okay? LastPass is still, by far, number one, most secure, most trusted password management solution out there, okay? They're one of the few password management solutions out there that does not use a clipboard. Now, you can argue how important that is. And I'm not arguing how important it is if a password manager uses a clipboard. I am saying... If you use the built-in clipboard, you're not doing your due diligence as a programmer to use safe and secure transport mechanisms to push things back and forth. There's two of them I've been looking at. One of them is integrated into NextCloud. NextCloud is my personal hosted Dropbox solution. This is the other one I'm looking at. Again, called Padlock, P-A-D-L-O-C, P-A-D-L-O-C dot app. If you go to download, you can download it on everything. 
It is completely open source, is completely self-hostable, and they have at least invited third-party auditors to take a look at their code. I don't know if a third-party auditor has actually looked at their code yet, but they've literally invited them to look at their code and audit it. Um, I do believe having a easy, installable, self-hosted solution for secure password management is the kind of thing a nerd like me needs to be able to use and recommend to others. And that's the most important thing right there. And I purposely said all that very slow. It doesn't matter if you're open source. What matters is, are you open source? Are you trusted? Are you audited? And do you use best practices in transmission of this data? And I will say Padlock is one of the ones that seems to hit almost every one of those bells pretty, uh, you know, non-violently gingerly if you will they hit the bells and they do have hosted plans where you can pay them but you don't have to um and you looked into passman as well then passman is the one that i installed last week on my next cloud and i played with for a little bit and i was pretty impressed by that and that is p-a-s-s-m-a-n um really really good solution and you can easily import your last pass csv file but in my instance i could not go to passman and click import and click last pass CSV. I had to go to generic CSV to import it for some reason. But is that an issue? No, no. It's just the kind of thing I was, e- I, I, I was able to work through cause I'm a nerd in about 20 minutes. Um, this one I have not played with yet. The fact that it's self hostable, open sourced helps. And the fact that they are offering a independent third auditor to come in and take, take, take a look at least makes me want to pay attention to them. What is your, your plan for, or do you have a contingency plan as far as, you know, yourself host, hosting this and your server blows up? Like, are you encrypting and offloading somewhere else for offsite backup? Well, that's what I got to see. I got to see if any of these solutions offer a automatable way to export my list to a trusted repo where I can then utilize those passwords uh, in other ways, but, um, I'll say with, um, Passman, I know I can simply get it exported out every week via a shell script. I don't know about this padlock. And then, so you could just get that CSV file and have it encrypted and then throw it onto wherever AWS or. Well, I personally wouldn't host my, um, enemies things on AWS, but yeah, host, but yeah, the cold storage, whatever it is. Yes. An encrypted file or whatever. Right. Or, or Google drive or Dropbox or anybody else. Or yeah. I know it's just the kind of thing I'm exploring, but at the same token, I am not quickly leaving LastPass because I do think we have time. I do think we literally have two to three years before LastPass has its first official breach where actual passwords get leaked because that's never happened yet. I think it's inevitable, but I still think we're over two years away. Yeah, well, they're definitely over the last six months or so. They've they've definitely had some some stumbling points, um, and I yes, I've been looking as well. I even paid for a year of Bitwarden, um, just basically so that I could screw myself up by testing that one while still using LastPass and saving some passwords in Bitwarden and saving some in LastPass. And now it's just going to be a mess when I decide to pick one. But I do like the look of this padlock. I might have to give that a try. I just, I, I don't call me paranoid, but 
when LogMeIn bought LastPass, that was when I first started the new search. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand people. I understand people's instinctual knee-jerk reaction to Im- want to immediately leave LastPass. But you know, there there's a sweet time if you are a time traveler looking back at today. You would say there's an optimal time to where you should have left LastPass, and that time was not when LogMeIn bought them. It's sometime after that. I don't know when, but it's sometime after that. Well, you once you get that big, it's just your target. Well, they're the low-hanging fruit, and they're going to make a mistake. The only question is, when is that mistake going to literally cost users privacy, credentials, and everything else? It hasn't happened yet, and I will say, don't believe me. Look at the history of all the exploits, of all the vulnerabilities, of all the side-loading attacks, of all the ch- of all the click-jacking things that happened to LastPass, and there's not been a single instance where actual credentials were compromised. Um, it's it's one of those things where I mean, you you say it quite a bit when we're looking at apps, say your counter app or your uh, alarm clock app, and it comes down to you know this wasn't updated since 2015 so you know there might be a vulnerability somewhere in the code of LastPass now but as you evolve as as a project you start adding new features a new code base and yeah your your attack vector just increases so I I agree I don't know how much updating a password manager needs if you're not if you're not uh, providing more features and you know constantly upgrading your product yeah i mean you know the only time features need to be pushed is when platforms change like browsers change so then you can offer new features android operating systems change so you can offer new features if you just push features for features sake then you're going to have vulnerabilities introduce themselves like ridiculous and well and i think that's what the the issue with you know having being bought by a larger company is that it's shareholders or, you know, it's it's pushing them, getting more sales and getting more sales. So, you know, no longer is it a password manager. It's now a VPN as well or, you know, whatever type of other features you're going to throw on there in order to say, oh, we also do this, do this, come by us. And that's where the issues start, I think. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and I did have an app here, Josh, that as soon as I saw, I thought of you is what I'll say. Maybe not. But I thought it was worth a try. Okay, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna play Ivor for a second. Is it a poop app? No, it's not. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce this. I think it's called Movies M U V I Z Movies Edge Music Visualizer Edge Music Lightning by Spark Ine Labs Personalization. One thousand nine hundred reviews. E for everyone does have some in-app purchases. Completely free to downloads. No in-app ads. 4.6 average reviews, updated February 27, 2020, 4.1 megs in size, 100,000 plus installs, version 1.0.8.0, 5.0 Android NUP, content rating everyone, uh, in-app purchases, 99 cents to $1.49, both of them sound like really low numbers to me, uh, it needs access to your device, app, history, photos, media, files, storage, microphone, and other uh, the other is just the normal network access, audio settings, run at startup kind of thing. This is almost akin to the old school Winamp visualizer. Now, I'm sorry, 
boomers, you're going to have to take a rest. I have to explain this to, to the millennials. Back in the day, we would literally load up a music application on our desktop computer, load our favorite playlist or artist up, and then hit full screen. And we would just sit back and we would see dramatic visualizations that would that are really hard to explain, but they would encapsulate our music in almost a like artistic, like digital dance like form. Okay. This tries to emulate that, but only on the edge of your device. So you could be listening to music, browsing Twitter, browsing whatever social platform you like, browsing your news stream or whatever. And the edge of your screen would still have the remnants of the visualization going on just on the edge of your device. So I thought this was interesting in its utilization is the way I'll put it. Uh, at the same token, it's consuming battery and screen time up. So, you know, be prepared for that. Uh, if you listen to music and you enjoy m music, I think this is the kind of thing that could add a little bit of enjoyment while you peruse your endless streams and feeds. How does it work, Dor? Um, you, you just start playing music and this app is running in the background, I assume, and, and capturing the beat or well, is it a any music player itself? Um, it isn't a music player, any audio coming over your speakers. It basically can hear, listen to, and react is, is what I'll say. So it's only the speakers or is it Bluetooth as well? I don't believe it was Bluetooth. I think it was anything that was playing over the actual phone itself. That's a deal breaker. Although it would be fun to listen to Android app addicts with uh, Winamp visuals. I'll, I'll just say it's a beginning. I don't know of any app that does this kind of thing. So maybe it's the kind of thing that they could um, maybe uh, have in like the next version. It is. Uh, Rob in the, in the chat is saying it is Bluetooth. Oh, good. Cool. Thank you, Rob. It's just looking for any audio output. Good job, Rob. I knew we kept hey, you around for a reason. Um, this app is another one that I haven't had a lot of time to play, but it was it was on sale. So um, I like a sale. <laughs> I like sales. It is called Castles of Mad King Ludwig, and it's <laughs> by Bezier Bezier Games. Um, board games, 4.7 average reviews out of 783, 90 megs in size, 10,000 plus installs. So apparently this is based on a board game, which I was unaware of. And I think I paid a dollar 39 for it, something like that. But it's a, it's kind of a puzzle game since I have no friends, I will just play it against AI and you're building you're building a castle basically with with tiles that come up from above and that's as far as I've gotten but I'm definitely going to be trying to play it more it looks like quite an intriguing puzzle type game and from what I could tell this castles of mad king ludwig is a a fairly popular board game well i ain't gonna lie and i really hate saying i ain't gonna lie the name alone is utterly interesting the format alone, the idea of the game is something I don't know if I would have ever thought of. It's a like a numeric math puzzle board game where you're where like like Josh said, you're building a castle every time. Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Fantastic name. Mm -hmm. 
Very cool. And now can I ask, uh, right now I see it in the U.S. is $7.99. How much did you pay for it in your Canadian due dollars? Uh, I think it was a dollar thirty nine or something like that. Yeah, see, that's nothing. So he's that, dreaming. <laughs> tell him he's dreaming. Again, watch the castle, people. Um, the uh, yeah, I, I kind of stray away sometimes from from useful apps as you do when when you don't have as much time. But uh, I, I fired up app sales, apps that are on sale, free apps. You know, I'm. Pretty sure the app sales has been brought at least once or five times on this show, but apps like that are are quite useful. If you're just looking to find something new and you can find apps that are now free or on sale, and a lot of times there'll be brand new apps or apps like this that are $7 apps and they're $1.50 now. Right. That's my tip of the day. Very cool. Um, one more I want to bring really quick, and it's only because it did catch some news cycles. Um, I'm really unsure what to think about its longevity is the best way I can put it. Um, and that is NVIDIA GeForce Now. Um, NVIDIA basically is trying to launch a uh, streaming competing service to Google Stadia. And by trying, what I really mean to say is, They've actually been secretly researching this for in excess of two years. They've actually had this in beta form for, I believe it's over six months. Um, so there's little doubt if they want to be successful, they will at least be moderately successful. Long and the short of it is using any device, Chromebook, Android, iOS, Mac, Linux, Windows. I do believe it does support Linux. You can stream your Steam games. So you have a Steam account. You have games on your Steam. You connect to this service. You put in your Steam credentials. It basically loads a Steam client on their servers. And then you can play your Steam games from quote-unquote anywhere. Um, I don't know if this is going to be successful. Um, you're Because you're never going to win over the people running the $3,000 desktops. And to a to make this a viable solution is what I'm going to say. Um, I want to say this was ten dollars a month. I might be mistaken, but l- let me start over. Nvidia GeForce Now from Nvidia tools, three thousand two hundred plus reviews. T for teen, completely free to install. No in-app ads. No in-app purchases. Three point seven average reviews. Updated February 1st, 2020, size 33 megs, 500,000 plus installs, current version 5.25, blah, 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 5.0 Android and up, content rating, T for team, diverse content, uh, discretion advised because anything that's on Steam can have this. Lots of permissions are offered and it does not show any in-app purchase price variables, which concerns me a little bit. I think it was $10 a month. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just say the competition is going to get tight. And this is a app that has no video in the play market. Why? Because they don't need a video in the play market. Um, I would love to know somebody who actually is using this on Android just to hear their interactions. I've heard about people running it on Chrome OS. I've heard about people running it on desktops. And they both said that they were really, or the old people have said they, they were really impressed at how the frame rate stayed constant and things seemed to, quote unquote, just work. So this is the, I'm a derelict when it comes to gaming at this point, unfortunately. Um, the, the NVIDIA, the, the NVIDIA Shield, is that the, 
their main is that a gaming thing give me a rundown uh, here on how this works there was two of them there's the nvidia shield tablet and then there was the nvidia shield which was a handheld unit with buttons and stuff built in like a controller and then there's the nvidia shield tv interface okay let me get that right okay all of them are really like higher end devices the nvidia shield tablet was definitely better than any Amazon device you could buy. The NVIDIA Shield TV is definitely better than any set-top box Android-based thing you could buy, period, okay? This, the NVIDIA GeForce Now, is a remote service that you could purchase to play your games on anything, whether it be a Shield TV, an NVIDIA Shield tablet, whether it be your Android phone, another Android tablet, a Chromebook or anything else. So think of it almost like, dare I say, the Netflix of gaming. But instead of being the Netflix of gaming, it's the Netflix of allowing you to access your Steam library anywhere. Oh, okay. So it is, you you might have said this before. Um, <laughs> the So is, is it only Steam then? Mm-hmm. So NVIDIA is a wrapper around Steam. Yeah. For now, it's only Steam. I'm not sure why they're only doing Steam, but right now I do believe it's just Steam. And so where the Stadia is games that are... Yeah, this is so confusing to me. Yeah, think of Stadia as like the difference between PlayStation and Xbox. Even though the same games might be available, if you buy them on one platform, that does not mean they're available to you on the same platform kind of thing. And so where do the... Where do the Stadia games come from? I mean, are they ported just for Google? Basically, yes, but Google has been paying developers to port some of their games. And so I would imagine that the Stadia has a, a much bigger catalog of games? No, that's the thing. Right now, Enforce, uh, NVIDIA GeForce probably has 100 times greater of a library because it's because it's piggybacking off of Steam. That's what I sorry I misspoke. That's what I meant. Yeah. So yes, of course the. Hmm. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing. Do you want to bet on Google being in the future? If so, Stadia might be a viable option. And there is a no monthly payment plan with Google, where you can literally just go on the platform and in air quotes buy your games, and then you can play your games, or you can buy your games on Steam play them on your normal desktop rigs, play them on your normal laptop rigs, and then pay an extra $10 a month to have them available to you on NVIDIA GeForce. You know, I'm not going to say one is obviously a right decision because I don't think either one of them are hitting my quote-unquote sweet spot, but I like the fact that we have options. Yeah, just with my limited knowledge on that, I would say that I think that the I like the uh, NVIDIA model a bit more. Yeah, and I mean, I already have at least 60 games in my uh, Steam library, where my Google Stadia library, because it's brand new, I literally have nothing. I would have to start from scratch, which sucks. NVIDIA's, they've, it's interesting I'm watching their, their curve as far as the business goes. I don't know a lot about their history, but you know, they, they seem to have marketed the, marketed the um, Bitcoin mining pretty well and made a pretty pretty good chunk of cash you know on their gpus now yeah they, with, yeah. they uh pivoted after that very appropriately as well put it and and it's great too i mean that's the sign of a good company so you know maybe it is all right to bank on them as far as this goes right so do you have any more apps there and if you don't it's okay <laughs> don't stress 
No, I, I, I really, I do. Oh, you know what? I do. I do. Um, this is another one that I downloaded, and I don't fully understand it, but it was kind of fun. Um, it is called Ultimate EMF Detector Pro, and this is another one that I, I think I might even download it for free. I'm pretty sure I did. I don't think I would pay for this app, but uh, it uses your phone's sensors to detect magnetic fields. It has a nice little meter on it. And how accurate it is, I don't know. And I didn't even realize that you could do something like this with your phone. Um, but I, I went around my kitchen with it, for instance, and the highest output of EMF was actually the granite countertops in the kitchen over... I didn't try it when the microwave was running, but just going through appliances that were off, you know, it would definitely, the, the meter would go, but it was the uh, countertops that I found had the, the, the largest EMF. Gotcha. Um, I really wish, I really wish what podcast it was in the last week where the absolutely unbelievably incompetent host. Was it this not, one and me or no? no uh, they did <laughs> not know that Android phones have had magnetometers in them since like 2010 um they've all had magnetometers because they tried to say the compass was not using a magnetometer which of course they didn't even know the word magnetometer they tried to say that they didn't think it recognized an actual compass in there and they thought it, it was instead using gps and wi-fi to determine which way you were pointing the dirty secret is it uses everything it uses GPS, it uses Wi-Fi, and the magnetometer to try to be as accurate as possible in them. And the reason I know Android phones have had magnetometers in them literally since 2010, the very first Android phones, like the Droid X, had specialized car mounts. And the specialized car mounts, when you put them in, had a magnet in a very specific spot. And when your phone recognized a magnet in that very specific spot, it would then automatically turn on car mode. And there are phones still today sold with very specific car mounts where if you buy them and you put your phone in that car mount, you will automatically get a new interface, aka car mode. Um, all Android phones have had magnetometers, period. They've all had gyroscopes, magnetometers, GPS, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, period. So for any Android host out there that does not understand what even what a magnetometer is, you as a listener should do your due diligence, write them an email, and let them know they need to do a little bit of education, a little bit of research, instead of just being journalists and being content publishers begging for money. Because there's more than a couple out there, people. And I know I sent an email in, and I didn't get a reply back, because, you know, why would I? Whereas we always respond to email store, which we could use some more of. We try to. Um, I'll just say this. EMF fields are everywhere. And that's a dirty secret about EMF fields. It doesn't matter. Everything puts, puts off an EMF field. We put off electromagnetic fields. Everything does because everything has electrons, protons, and neutrons. So it's just a fact of life. I would say this. I'd be interested to see what would give off more than less in my house because I'm pretty sure the only thing I know is I don't know what would give off high or low. I don't know. Here's a question for you, Dor. A gyroscope on a phone. How does that work? Uh, basically the same way a gyroscope works on anything else. Um, it basically, it can understand which way gravity is pulling at it at any moment. 
So what it notices is the change in gravity when you tilt something from one side to the other, same way a plane recognizes the horizon line. Um, it use, it's using a, a gyroscope. The difference is in phones, that component is unbelievably small. So all it is is basically a gravity de, um, de, um, detector. We should do a podcast that is basically just teaching me things because I don't know anything. I don't know about that. Um, I'll say here's a here's an app. I here's a game I found, and the only reason I'm bringing this is it reminds me of I don't know if you remember this back in the day, Josh. Starcraft. Starcraft was insanely popular. Okay, this is completely free. No in-app ads. No in-app purchases. Again, completely free. No in-app ads, no in-app purchases called Star Pirates Mobile by Snakehead Games Incorporated role-playing E for everyone. Um, no reviews. I don't know how. Um, updated January 31st, 2020, 17 megs in size, 10 plus installs, current version 1, uh, 0.1.6, requires 4.1 Android and up, content rating E for everyone, mob fantasy violence. Uh, permissions, it does need uh, full network access. That is it. This is basically a... M- a, a Starcraft on Android. I'm shocked at the amount of polish in this game versus the amount, the lack of downloads in this game is what I'm going to say. Um, maybe it's the fact that it's called Snakehead Games. I don't know. But Star Pirates Mobile, if you're interested in that Starcraft exploration, mining, role-playing aspect of it, this, to be honest, shot is shockingly good. Is what I'm going to say. Literally, shockingly good. It looks terrific. I can't, uh, 10 plus installs, are you kidding me? I know, what I know. Go- What's happening Well, my, my guess is they, they haven't taken out any l- loans and tried to pay tech journalists to publicize them. I, it doesn't even matter, like it's 10 plus installs? I know. So uh, I'm going to bring just one more for giggles, okay? Uh, this one I'm bringing, thanks to in part of uh, Computer Tech uh, is the handle, Computer Tech... Uh, 101, I believe, is tech. He has a Mibit IRC room. Really nice guy. He's a gearhead. So I figured I'd try to, like, you know, tweak him a little bit. Um, And he was a car nut. So I found this game. It's called Overdrive City Car Tycoon Game by Gameloft SE. We should know the name, Gameloft SE. It's a simulation game, 7,900 views. He, for everyone, does have in-app ads, does have in-app purchases. Completely free to download. Uh, 4.1 average reviews. Uh, updated February 26, 2020. 953 megs in size. That's a big one. Whoa. Yeah. 500,000 installs. Current version 0.834. Requires uh, 4.4 Android and up. Content rating E for everyone. In-app purchase 99 cents to $99. Permissions everything. This thing wants access to everything because it's a game loft game. What this is, is it, it's essentially a simulation game, but it's not a city simulator. It's a semi, it is a uh, city simulator revolving around you being the car manufacturer slash governor of this city. So if you're a gearhead and you love the idea of making cars, testing cars kind of thing, this is the absolute game for you is what I will say. Overdrive City Car Tycoon Game. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, have you played it? I loaded it for like three minutes. I don't know nothing about no cars, so stuff quickly made no sense to me. 
Hmm. I yeah. I mean, it's it looks like a it's a pretty game. Oh yeah. I uh, selling this nine hundred and fifty three mags. Gotcha. To, uh, it's um, not it's not the size. It's not the size door. It's, it's not. It's just the what? It's the amount of downloads. What is going on there? I don't know. <laughs> so do you have any uh, last games to talk about no, there? Oh no, I'm done. Okay. Do you have any parting words there? That I do. Um, yeah, I never have games, Dor, but uh, I do have words. Um, we miss you, Ivor. And just so that you're aware, your brother is trying to take your spot. So just just feel better, brother. Yep, absolutely. I want to thank this time to thank everyone for their downloads. Thank everyone for participating. Thanks, everyone, for their support. Uh, the quick rundown, Cosmo Communicator. LG ThinQ V60, um, Parsec, a 16-gig phone, Moonshades, a dungeon crawler RPG, Padlock, Password Manager, Movies, Edge, Castles of Mad King Ludwig, NVIDIA GeForce Now, Ultimate EMF D Detector Pro, Star Pirates Mobile, and Overdrive City Car Tycoon game. If you want to send us a voicemail, 7076-PODNUT. If you want to send us an email, aaa at podnuts.com. And I thank everyone for downloading. Uh, I've war miss you, just like Josh said. And I will talk to everyone again in about a week. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.